The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So today... I would like to talk to you about gut feelings. I think it's so important to listen to your gut. And a lot of times in life, I don't, I haven't listened to my gut. I'm going to bring my guest in, Beezy. I'm going to introduce her in a minute when we start the show and ask Beezy if she believes in listening to your gut feelings about things. What do you think? Well, 100%. I like a female's instincts, all of that stuff. Yeah. I say that all the time. Go with your gut, like listen to your gut. Like it's telling you something that nagging feeling that little whatever it might be. It's telling you something and saying, hey, listen, something might not be right here. Or maybe it, it is so right. And you need to just jump on this and do it and go for it. So it I always wonder if it's like, because I'm spiritual, if it's some kind of like sign from God or something like, I don't know what it is, but it's like when I, sometimes I, I, I have these feelings and I just sometimes don't want to listen to them. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then I 
don't. And every time I haven't, it's like burned me in some way. Mm-hmm. And it drives me, I think the older I get and like past the the year of 108, I'm joking. Um, I, I tend to like learn more and more lessons about people and things and just like trusting my instincts and you know, I, so it's, I, I just wanted to start the show off by saying that and telling my listeners how important it is. If you feel like something's off or you have a bad feeling about something to always listen to your gut, it's super, super important. Um, it might be like your angels or somebody with you, like telling you, like, you know, what is the thing? Like t- shame, what is it? Like shame you once shame or oh, uh, fool me yeah. once shame on me, fool me twice. No, shame, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, I just wanted to start out the show today saying that, is it, am I being funny right now? No, not necessarily. I try to be. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I get, I'm just like everybody else. I have my bad days and my bad things that I'm going through in life. I think it's important to just be real. And just, I I wanted to just start the show by saying that, and I am going to start the show and introduce my guest. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Today, I am fortunate enough to have on Elizabeth Tebow, Elizabeth goes by the nickname Beezy, which I think is so cute. I don't know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like a character out of a book or something when I was young that I used to read. Um, Hi, Beezy. Hi. Uh, (laughs) There was actually uh, Beezus and Ramona. That's Uh, what it was. Yeah. Oh my God. Those were my favorite (laughs) books. It was like Ramona Quibley, age eight. Yeah. I used to read all of those. Yep. So that's not who I'm named after, but um, yeah. It's, it's, like a, my- it's a nickname for Elizabeth, right? Yep. It's been my nickname since I was six months old and it's just stuck. So that's who I am. I'm Elizabeth oh or I'm Beezy. It. Yeah. It's so cute. It's such a, like, I always wanted to have like a cute nickname. Like, you know, like my sister had a friend growing up and her nickname was Cricket. And I always thought she was so cool. I'm like, that's such, like I should just like now make up a nickname and just be like, hey, everybody, I'm MJ. Like instead of Megan Judge, I'm just going to be MJ. <laughs> totally do that. My aunt did that. She's like, I'm going to go by AJ now. Aunt Jackie. AJ. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show, my podcast. Um, your uh, sister-in-law, Amy, has been on my podcast and she's my friend and I love her and she's an amazing person. And she kind of like introduced us to each other and we chatted. And I love that you're a therapist. I love like kind of like what you're doing. You're also a new author. So we're going to talk about that. But I always start my episodes out kind of finding about finding out about the person. So like BZ, tell me about your life, like where you grew up, and we'll start from there. So I grew up in a small town in Michigan. Uh, So I lived on a lake. I was a lake girl. So growing up, we would go boating and ice skating, and it was just a little town, you know, back in 
the 80s where everything you leave your doors open and it's just super safe and all the neighborhood kids would get together and play in the empty lot and that's just how I grew up and um I went to college and grad school and in Michigan and then I decided to uh get some sunshine in my life I was done with the Michigan winters it was yeah. just too much. The gray skies. Uh, like I think the brutal the- freezing cold, like people like, you know, you're, I grew up on the East coast too. And now I'm lived in sunny Southern California for over 20 years. And, yeah. um, and I know you're in San Francisco, right? San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Okay. Yeah. So same thing. But do you remember like growing up and you would be so cold that you would have like snot that would like <laughs> dry on your face. You'd be like so freezing and it was so awful. And I see footage of people like scraping their cars and all that stuff that I remember being so cold. I hate being cold. Are yeah. you like that too? I am the same way. I do not enjoy it anymore. And and it's the gray skies. It's like, yeah. the sun. where's the sun? It did not shine. I think where I grew up, it was like, we have the most cloudy days, like more than like the Pacific Northwest in this little pocket of Michigan where I was because of the lake effect snow and things. It was just yeah. gray all the time. So, but then the summers kind of make up for it. Um, so, or the fall, right? So, like, there's things that I'm not bad mouthing the East Coast. I just don't want to be freezing. And the funniest okay. story, not to take okay. away from you and your childhood and where we are. But um, this is funny. I have to tell my listeners and you this. When I first moved to LA, um, I went back home. It was my first visit back home. And I was with my best friend, Julie, who passed away, who I talk to talk about all the time and my other best friend, Kara from growing up. And we went to this like, this like bar in Bethesda, Maryland. And, um, and I got out and I was such a little like Hollywood brat, like thinking, meanwhile, I was like broke. I was a cocktail waitress and like lived on like a sofa. Like, but I was like, you mean you have to walk to your car? You guys don't have valet here, you know, (laughs) because, and they were so mad at me. They were like, Megan, you have to walk outside. And I go, I don't think you know this about me, but from living in Southern California and Los Angeles, my blood has changed and I no longer can deal with the cold weather and walk to the car to the, and not have valet. Like what a nightmare, right? <laughs> I was such a nightmare. Like I would have hated me. I barely can deal with me now and I'm in my forties. So like my 20 something year old self was a complete nightmare. Yes. Um, but anyways, I didn't want to sidetrack your story, but it sounds to me like, even though you lived in the, you know, the, the cold and like was, you know, you don't miss that stuff. It sounds to me like you had a pretty happy childhood. I had a great childhood. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Like that was, I loved growing up, um, in Michigan. I always say I love being from Michigan. I'm just glad I don't live there anymore. And my parents actually lived in this. I lived in the same house my entire life. Like we didn't move. And my parents just sold my childhood home in October of last year. Oh, that must have been hard. It was really hard. I was so (laughs) sad. I was so sad. Like I went home and like 
did the whole goodbye to the house and my best friend Jenny came over and I'm like, mom and dad, I'm like, can we just have the house for the night? I'm like, I just need a night with my friend. And we just sat at the table and drank wine and looked at the lake and told stories and just had a day. And it was, yeah, it was super amazing. But that's also like, think of how lucky you are that you have such happy childhood memories of, and like your parents kept the house for all those years. I would have, I would kill. I've always had this dream because I had a pretty happy childhood until my dad passed away. Um, at my dad passed away when I was like 13. Um, that I could go back and buy my old childhood house, like mm-hmm. home, you know, in Potomac, Maryland. And like, you know, I mean, that would never really happen, but I just wish I could go knock on the door and be like, this was my old house. So that it's funny how homes and places remind us of like such happy memories and we're so nostalgic about things as human mm-hmm. beings, right? Absolutely. And it's just that place. It would so many, so many good memories. And um, yeah, my neighbor who I'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, Shane, he was the inspiration for writing the book and he lived right around the corner from me. And I just have so many memories of him in that house Yeah, and coming over and sledding. So that was probably like, hard. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. So, so you went on to grad school and college and grad school. Mm-hmm. And then what made you decide that you wanted to be a therapist? I knew um, that I wanted to, this is a, another part of, I think probably my story is that um, I had a friend in high school who was um, sexually assaulted by someone that we went to high school with. And um at 17, I was subpoenaed to go up here in court. And it was just this really, really like, whoa, what is happening right now? Like it was, and we had lived in a small community. So it was like shook everybody, you know? So, yeah. sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, that's okay. I, I'm uh, happy to talk. <laughs> No, that's okay. I cry every, everyone that listens to this knows that I ugly cry every episode. Um, <laughs> Did you, was this a, a, like a friend of yours that did the assault? Okay. So that must've been very hard. It was a friend that was assaulted, but by an older guy, but I mean, everybody knew him. He was, you know, like captain of the football team and all of that. And so it was just a, it was a really big thing for a lot of people, especially my friend who was assaulted. So and you and you were so young. You were seventeen years old, having to get up and testify. Did did your friend? Um, did he? Did the your girlfriend end up getting justice? What ended up happening? He was he was convicted and spent some time in in prison. Um, but it was, yeah. It, and I never had to testify. I was subpoenaed and had to go to court every day and just kind of sit and wait. And I wasn't allowed in the courtroom. Um, so I just kind of had to hang out while all this was happening and they didn't need me to testify, but it was just it's kind of surreal, like that all of this was happening. And I just knew then that I wanted to, ha- I didn't know how to help people. I was like, I want to, what do I do with this? So Yeah. 
So it's amazing how life experiences can bring out like what your calling can be. And I'm so sorry that, that obviously it sounds like you had such an idyllic young childhood and life and like your world was completely rocked living in like your small town and Mm -hmm. having something like that happen to a friend. And that must've been awful. Yeah, it was. And it was just, there were other things too that kind of happened like in the community. It was, there was a teacher of mine that was arrested for molesting kids and it was and so there was wasn't just this one thing it was like then it was that and this stuff happened so much and we don't talk about it you know it's yeah. not that gets talked about because it happens in the shadows and it happens you know with people that we trust and i was like i need to do something i want to be that support like for these kids who need help and they have had all these traumatic experiences and they just don't know what to do and they don't know who to turn to and they need a trusting adult person to kind of help them through this. And so that's what led me into becoming a therapist and my very first- You went into it for the right, like I love hearing stories of people that you know, a lot of times something like that happens and people shut down, even though they weren't the person, the recipient of the, what happened, but they don't want to think about it. And so they'll kind of like turn their back or just say that never happened. Mm -hmm. I'm always so um, impressed by people that decide that they want to do something in their life to help others. It's one of my favorite things about human beings that they can take such hard, bad things and kind of turn it around and decide to help others. I think that's amazing that you do what you do for that reason. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, you know, it's been challenging. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's, I can't imagine doing any other sort of work, you know, so it's just. So you were made for it. So, so once you, so you, once you got through that, that horrible experience went off to college and grad school and then became a therapist. Tell me a little bit about like your friend that we kind of touched on in the begin in the beginning. I know this is hard for you to talk about, but this is kind of, I feel like I'm skipping ahead. So if there's something I'm leaving out, you know, like if you ever be, were like, you know, a flamingo dancer and I left that part out, please tell my audience. <laughs> was not a flamenco dancer, but I did dance all through uh, grade school and high school. That was I knew of- I liked you. So did I. So <laughs> did I. I? Jazz, tap, ballet, all of it. All of it. Me too. Yeah. Miss <laughs> so. it. Miss it. But wouldn't want to see myself in a unitard and leg warmers anymore. <laughs> um, so tell me kind of like you, you have this book yes. that it's a children's book. That yeah. you that you have writ- written called the elephant on Aaron's chest. Let's talk about like your friend and kind of like go into why you decided to write this book. So, um, growing up, Shane, my friend, lived right around the corner from me, and we would. He, I had like the hugest crush on him, like when I was like five years old, you know. And then we dated briefly when I was in college. And he ended up moving to Colorado. Like he had planned on moving to Colorado and then we started dating and it was like, he's like, I'm moving to Colorado. I'm like, you should go do it. Get out of here. You know, like go live your life and do your thing. And 
So he moved to Colorado. And then a couple years later, I finished up grad school and moved to San Diego. But, and I had never been to San Diego before. I just said, it looks sunny and there's an ocean and it's beautiful. <laughs> Let's go. So um, we actually stopped in Colorado for a week and to see Shane and uh, stayed with my friend who had moved out with me. We stayed at her parents' cabin up in the woods. And that's when uh, September 11th happened, like 2001. And the world changed yeah we're in Colorado on my way to start my new life in San Diego with what like nothing just my car full of stuff and there's this huge event you know and I remember calling Shane he had left to go to Denver (laughs) that day and I said come back like we were just attacked you know like the it was kind of this another kind of surreal day I'm like come back up here we're safe in the woods like so yeah, everybody remembers where where they were. It's that yeah. it's that that date is forever like can I think life changing, especially for people around our ages because we I, we were so young back then, you know, and yep. it happened, and I was like in my early twenties when it happened, and I'll never forget where I was and like what happened, and I think everybody that was either impacted on some level or it was life altering and life changing for all of us as a country, especially, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just, and he, so he's part of that day for me, you know, it was like, yeah. Waking up and him leaving. And then it was like, wait, so. So you um, always remember September. It's interesting you say that because my best friend, Julie was on an airplane on September 11th, um, because she was on her honeymoon. She might've actually, I don't know. I might be wrong. It might've been like the day before, but I knew she was flying around that time. Mm -hmm. And I called her parents, but that's part of a my memory as well is of my best friend being connected to September 11th. So it's interesting. You kind of have like that same thing where you think of him from that time. Mm Mm-hmm. So you, so you were in Colorado or you had gone to San Diego? At we were that in point. Colorado on mm-hmm. our way to San Diego and we okay. almost, sta- I almost stayed. I said, you know what? I just, I want to stay. But then I was like, no, just, we said San Diego. So let's go. We'll give it a few weeks. And if I don't love it, then I'm coming back to Colorado. So mm-hmm. went to San Diego, been here for 20 years. So didn't go back to Colorado, but Shane and I were just, we're he we've been friends forever and most of it has been like long distance aside from growing up around the corner from each other you know our adult lives were spent you know states away and mostly on the phone and but he was that person when I had happy news to share he was the first person I would call when I was like having a hard day and just needed a pick-me-up he was the person I would call and he knew exactly what to say. I I can relate. I'm sorry. I'm crying too. Because I have that same, I had that same thing and to lose it is, yeah. So really? So, yeah. So he is, was a talented, super talented artist. And when I had the idea to write a children's book, of course, I called him <laughs> and I said, I would love for you to illustrate this. He said, Absolutely. Absolutely, I'll do that. 
And so that was 15 years ago. And then, you know, life happened and he got married and had a kid and I got married and just things just, and the book got, went to the back burner, but I was, um, in 2012, I went on vacation with a friend of mine and I was in Central America when I had the idea to write the book initially. And I was in Central America again, and I had taken my journal, my same journal with me and was reading about the idea that I had to write this children's book about kind of finding happiness and what that looks like. Cause at the time it was, I was in a, just trying to figure out my own life, you know, and my career and things like that. And uh, the premise of the book was, you know, you can go on this journey and you can look for happiness outside of yourself, but at the end of the day, you really need to look inside and that's where you're going to find it. So that was like the premise of the book. And so in 2012, um, I reconnected with Shane because his sister reached out to me and um, he had attempted suicide and fortunately was not successful in his attempt. And so as soon as I got back from Panama, I was on a plane down to Florida and that's where he was. He was with his mom, staying with her for a while and spent four days just getting him back to life. Like, Hey, you're okay. You're going to get through this. And we started talking about the book again. And I said, I'm going to do this. Let's do this. And he said, okay, I'm in, I'm in, let's do this. This is This will be good for me. I've got some time right now. I can focus my energy on to doing this. And we just, just started to kind of talk about what it would look like. And he was doing illustrations and um, the, the idea for the title of the book came one day we were just when I was in Florida and he was just really, really struggling that in that moment. And he just looked at me and he said, I have this elephant on my chest and I just can't get it off. His anxiety was so intense. Like he was just felt like he was suffocating. And I just looked at him. I said, well, that's, that's the book right there. That's the book. It's going to be about a boy and his elephant. And his son was about six at the time, at this time. And he was struggling too, because, you know, his dad's away and he doesn't know why. And he was having some anxiety. And so I said, all right, I'm writing this book. Jaden and this is going to be like my you know this is going to happen and so unfortunately um October of the next year uh Shane committed suicide so um and that was just you know most difficult time ever of my life is but I was on a plane again and went to Illinois and helped his mom clean out his apartment and do all that. And just so I could get some sort of like, I need to see where he was in his space. And 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So, um... I know this isn't easy, by the way. I'm, I'm, and, and to just not to stop you, but just to say, I'm so so sorry because I, I understand like how horrible, how much pain you must be, and I can tell obviously just by talking to you. Yeah, it's not something that you ever think that you know you're going to experience in life, you know, and especially with him, it's like. He was that person, like that that light in the room. You know, it's like people say that, and it's like, oh, whatever. Lots of people are lights in the room. I'm like, no, he really was. He was just like, when you walked into a room, you knew that he was there because you could just feel his energy, and just it was amazing. And so to have this, it was, you know, a huge, a huge loss. And did he, do you know why he did it? Like, did he ever, was he just like, you were talking about panic attacks and anxiety and did he, did he was, he was struggling, I think for a while with, you know, depression and anxiety and, and all of those things. And, and I just know that he was, I know that he was in a really bad place because you have, I mean, you have to be in order yeah to do that because like his son was his world, like was his world. And that's the thing too. That's so hard to, 
to talk about and to talk to people. And pe- people are like, are you mad? I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. There's no anger at all. Like I've never, like that's not been part of my grief process of like, I've never been angry. I just can only imagine how deep in his depression he must have been and how dark it must have been in that place because I know I know how much he loved me, you know, and that's and that's not it. And it's not about that. It's like it's not like he doesn't love the people in his life or doesn't care about them. Like that's not it's not what it's about. And so it's it's sometimes people don't understand what it's like to it's a sickness. You're sick. Yeah. So yes. like if somebody yeah. had cancer, they're ill. And right. um, to judge somebody, I mean, yeah, people, uh, I've openly talked about being suicidal on this podcast mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. And I thankfully am in a completely different place. Therapy, med- like I was on Zoloft, I had debilitating panic attacks, but I don't, I don't think that anybody can understand what I was going through because it was like, it took over my nights. Every night I would obsess about it. And I think that unless you've experienced feeling that way, or you're in such a dark place where you can't find a way out, I thankfully did, but there's so many people that can't. Mm -hmm. And it's never fair for people to make a judgment against those people. They just, you know, it's just, it's a sickness. They're Mm -hmm. very sick. Yep. And, um, and it has nothing to do with like not wanting to be with you or not loving you. It mm-hmm. has to do with them just not seeing a way out. Yep. Yep. And so, and that's, that's what was happening with him. And he, that was the way that he could get out of that. This is to stop that. And so at that moment I said, all right, we are going full force. This book is happening. I don't know how, because now I don't know who's going to illustrate this for me, but I am going to write this book and it's going to be in his honor and I'm going to dedicate it to him and to Jaden. And so I started going to like workshops and joined the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and was going to conferences and was going to critique groups to get my story critiqued and all of that. And I'm like, this, I'm doing this, this is happening. And so I finally got the text and the words after I rewrote it and rewrote it, like, I don't know, 17 times, <laughs> it finally got to a place where I was happy with the words. and just so happened that I was, um, I met Arturo, who is the illustrator. He was a client of mine in my therapy practice. He came walking in one day and sat down and was started talking to me about, you know, his depression and, oh, I'm an illustrator. And I'm like, oh, and for he reminded me of Shane. Like there was something about him that I was just like, Mm, you like have that, that, that talent and that, you know, just, so, um, I was his therapist. I was Arturo's therapist for a while. And then I moved to Arizona for a couple of years. And then my husband and I were on the road. So it had been a couple of years since I had, um, been doing 
active therapy and I was in San Diego and I had Arturo's email address and I emailed him and I, we got together for coffee and I asked him if he would be interested in illustrating the book. And he said, absolutely, absolutely. And so that started that phase of the book, which was three years ago that started. Um, Can I stop you for a second and ask you, do you believe in signs? Absolutely. Do you you believe, because I love hearing that, believe that maybe Shane was in that room and had something to do with, because you just kind of know sometimes that they're with you. I don't know if you believe that. I do. I always feel Julie with me all the time. Yep. I I feel Shane with me all the time. And like, whenever I see a rainbow, it's like, look. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. We talk, I talk about signs all like almost on every podcast and mine is a butterfly. Hence that's why that butterfly is on my cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love that. We just like, it goes with the, along with the gut feeling thing in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. podcast that you're just kind of like, wait a second, this is like somebody, this is Shane saying, yeah, do this, this, this is happening for a reason. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So our, Arturo is here in San Diego as well. And he just started, he's, he's never, he's never done children's book illustrations. You know, he is, his art is so cool. He wants to be a tattoo artist. That's his, his, oh, I want a new tattoo. Put him in touch with me. Well, he, <laughs> Just got a, a new apprenticeship. Um, oh, that's so cool! Because I, yeah, I want—I decided so. I want to get like a teeny tiny butterfly, and I'm like, cool. am I too old to do that? Like, I'll do it yeah. where it's hidden. I just really want one. And my friend Mitzi has got has like a really small one that's tasteful. So I'm like, maybe I'll put—I'll get in touch with Arturo. There you go. I will. So, sit. so does so. What is, can you tell me what the book is about? Cause I, it hasn't come out yet and I want it and I actually want to get a copy for my kids. So oh, I love it. That's, this is the only one that's in existence right now. They're literally shipping me, um, some today. They went out today. A beautiful they, cover. I wish everybody could see how pretty yeah. the cover is. They should be here by Tuesday and, um, yeah, I'll give you all the information about how to order. Okay, it. yeah, at the end we'll we'll yeah. tell people how they can get it. Can you tell like just briefly tell me a little bit about what the book's about? Yep. So it's about the boy Aaron and he has this elephant literally sitting on his chest and you know, the elephant is his, all of his heavy emotions and it's about in the beginning of the book, he's trying to fight it and he's trying to get it. He's like pokes it and pinches it and tickles it with a feather. And he is just trying to get this thing off of his chest and it will not budge. It just won't go away. And he starts to cry. And that's when kind of things start to shift a bit. He feels a little bit of relief when he cries. And then he's like, all right, maybe I need to just do the things that make me feel good. You know, when my mom reads me a book, I feel good. So he reads a story to the elephant and he sings it his favorite song and he draws a picture and he makes it a snack and it just, and the elephant starts to shift and change and then just kind of drops off. But then Aaron realizes that he doesn't necessarily want the elephant to go away. He doesn't want him to leave because he's now that he's kind of befriended it. 
and um, so we ask him to stick around, and but then it's like life gets easier, and he he, he learns to go through life side by side with his elephant instead of his elephant being in control over him. So I love that. And you know what, Beezy, it's so needed right now. Like with Mm -hmm. kids, especially like it's so smart, this exact time. There's a reason why your book didn't come out in the beginning when Mm -hmm. you first wanted it to, because it wasn't the right time. This there's, there's such a mental health crisis in our country, which obviously this is what you do. So, you know, and that's, it's so needed for kids, you know, just from being locked up and COVID and all the stuff that they've gone through. Um, I can't wait to get my, I'm going to buy a copy for my daughters. Um, cause I just love that. I think it's so amazing that you're doing that because it's so needed. Yeah. It's interesting when I first started, when I was done with the text and I was trying to shop around for publishers and things like that. I remember some of them, this is an issue book and we really don't deal with issue books. And I'm like, okay, it's definitely a different time now. It's everyone's like, now are they all like, where they're like in line, like trying to grab them? Cause it's so, (laughs) so that's why this is happening at this exact reason and why it didn't happen before, which I love that it it never went out of your head and then it evolved and shifted into something else. Mm-hmm. It, right. Yeah. And I love that. I love that Arturo was so on board with this because I love the, it's like, yep, he was a client of mine. I was his therapist and he was, you know, feeling depressed and, and all of those things too. And he wants to continue that conversation too. He said, yes, please tell people like we need to have a dialogue about mental health and how important it is. And so um, that that's been a real important piece in his story too, you know? And so we're having a book launch in a couple of weeks and we're both going to get up and tell our stories and do a signing and all of that, which will be the first time that we've done this in public, which will be an interesting, uh, just interesting, but I'm looking forward to it. And I Did you dedicate the book to Shane. Yes. So the first here, I'll show you your listeners can't see this, but the first um, page is actually uh, one of Shane's initial sketches. That's Shane's. Shane did that. And so it's a big, it's a big elephant. I can't see what it says. What did you write? It's a big elephant and it's kind of, um, it's not fully finished, which I think Uh is. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So um, for Shane and Jaden, love lasts forever. Beasy. God, it makes me cry. And so. Sorry. And that's okay. And I'm trying gonna, to pull it together. Yeah. We're going to do um, the launch. That's um, beautiful. He's pro- launch- I'm sure he's so, so proud of you. I know. So proud I of know. you. And I picked the date for the launch. The, it's Jaden's birthday is the day that we're launching the book. So that'll. And I haven't seen him in years and years and years. So I don't know how he is. And, um, but hope to get one of these to him and yeah. So, okay. I'm trying to pull it together because it's such, this is hard. And something else I just wanted to touch on 
because many of my listeners, they listen to this podcast because they've gone through grief or some kind of trauma or loss, or it's, you know, technically a mental health podcast. What are your thoughts on like helping people as a therapist with this book that might be suicidal? I mean, it's such a scary topic to talk about. And I know it can be triggering for people, but I also wanted to like kind of shift to see your perspective on like, I love that in in the elephant on um, the elephant and Aaron kind of have like a conversation on tools, you know, to, to overcome like being stressed, even though it's a kid's book, I can mm-hmm. say that. What are some things that like tools that you wish that he would have been able to do or people that are struggling? I know for me personally, like therapy saved my life. My therapist saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and truly helped me get out of that place. And I did a lot, a lot, a lot of work on myself and I continue to do it. What are your thoughts on that? I think that the most important thing to do is to have a conversation about it. So many times people don't talk about feeling depressed and they just kind of they mask it and they go through the day like everything's fine until it's really, really not. And then you're so deep into it that you have no idea how to get out of it. And so I think talking about it and talking about it with your with kids too, talking about their emotions, it is okay to have emotions. Like that is healthy. It's okay to express those emotions. And a lot of times kids don't have the vocabulary. So their, their emotions turn into behaviors. And then it's like, these behaviors are punished and things and consequenced. And it's like, no, like they are trying kind of going back to that gut feeling. Like they're trying to tell us some, our kids are trying to tell us things with their behaviors, you know, and in the book, he's like biting, he's trying to bite the elephant, you know, and he's fighting it and he's pinching it and he's poking it. Like all these things that like, you know, kids do to, get whatever it is away from them, you know, because they don't know how to, they don't have the vocabulary to express like, I'm really sad right now, or I'm really angry right now. Or, and I think that that's the biggest thing is to talk about it. And we have so many distractions now, like more than we did when we were growing up. And don't get me started. (laughs) I had, I had Dr. Bennett, actually Tracy Bennett was on, um, she, specializes in children. Um, she's a psychologist that specializes in like um, kids prevention of like iPads, like dealing with like mm-hmm. social media and all that stuff. Like I talk about it a lot. Like I wouldn't probably have ever been employed <laughs> if <laughs> social media was around when I was a teenager. So I'm counting yeah. my blessings on that. Yeah. There's a lot of um there's so much stuff and stimulation that's n- not good for young mm-hmm. kids. And then being trapped at home. Do you, I know f- for me, I I'm a big believer in therapy and talking to someone and. Um, Absolutely. I think. Do you, do you think that, um, do you think that there's other resources or tools that you wish that, um, Shane would have had or done? Is there anything that you ever think about? 
I do. He had a really good therapist um, when he was in Florida with when he was living with his mom for a few months, kind of trying to get things um, back together. He had a really good therapist there and he, he really connected with him and he moved back to Illinois and didn't have that support. And I think that was part of the reason why things started to kind of go downhill again. Um, cause he really did have a good support system in place for a while. And then it just, he, st- he stopped doing the work, you know, he stopped, um, taking care of, yeah, taking yeah. care of himself the way that he was taking care of himself, um, when he was in Florida for those few months. So I wish that that would have, he would have continued with that. that like that's seeing, so seeing someone else. I yeah. think that too, um, I say this all the time that therapy is like dating. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely you know, does. I mean, Lord knows this girl's been in therapy, like from all my trauma from childhood on and off throughout my entire life. And I, it's like, I've gone to these therapists, they take out pencils and pads and like, just like stare at you cross-eyed and it's like you feel like you're being interviewed on a job interview. Right. You know, and then you go and I've had, and then I met Dr. Nay, who's my therapist now. And it's like, oh my God, like she changed my life, you know, and, and she just got me. And so I like to reiterate that all the time that if you are in this, if you're a listener of mine and you're in like the darkest place and you're like, well, I've tried therapy, keep trying. Yes. Keep trying. Keep trying. trying. Like it's like going on a bad blind date. Like I went on a really bad blind date before (laughs) I met my husband. I met my husband in my twenties. This guy was so weird. Once again, I didn't listen to my gut. I talked to him on the phone and he told me, (laughs) sorry, but he told me to meet him at the clock tower at Penn station in New York city. That was at the time where I was like, when I was on the East coast, right out of college, and he was like, this, I'll never forget this. He goes, I was like, well, what, like, what kind of, where are we going? And he goes, just remember to be in traditional New York garb. And I remember in my head, I was like, holy crap, get me out of this situation. But my dumb self went on the line. I went because I was like, I think I had just broken up with like one of my boyfriends that I thought at my ripe age of like 22 that I was going to marry. Cause you know how we are girls yes. are when they're young yes. and he dumped me and I was like, fine, I'll go. But I didn't listen. So that's what to my gut. And I'm trying to explain it all. This all comes back together that it's same thing with therapists. I had bad therapists. I'm sure they're fine for other people. They were not for me. Good for you. Right. They it's were not, not like my, right. they were not my blind date. I was not going to wear a new traditional New York garb. And he got all handsy with me and it was not a good situation. But anyways, I, I'm going in a completely wrong direction with this. Well, the the moral of that story is go with your gut yeah. and stick with therapy and find a new one. Like if it doesn't, doesn't seem like a good fit, there is somebody that is a good fit. Out there. And I see this all the time too on the podcast. I'm like, I've been there. I've been in that dark, dark, dark place that I don't ever want to go back to. Mm-hmm. And you know, I sometimes think, oh my God, I can't believe that that's where I was. And I 
and I'm here now. It doesn't mean life's not hard. Like right, I have right. a bunch of BS that I'm dealing with still. It, you're always going to have hard times in life, but it's the tools and the things that I know now. And if, and I do, like, I'm not in therapy any, every week anymore, but I do like check-ins, you know? Yep. And so if you're a listener of mine and you feel like lost and you feel like you don't have the resources or the money or anything, please always get in touch with me. I say it all the time. Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram. It's probably the best way at judging Megan, um, M-E-G-H-A-N. And, um, and I, I'll put you in touch with somebody or mm-hmm. I'll ask you or ask Dr. Nay or ask all the therapists that I now know from doing this podcast for a year and a half. There's always somebody, right, Beasy? Absolutely. There's always somebody. So let let me talk to you about where you are now. Like, so the book's about to come out. Yep. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to get it. Where can my listeners get the book when it comes out? And when is it coming out? So it will actually be available tomorrow. Ooh. Yes. Good timing. This will come. Actually, this episode will be out when you can purchase the book, everyone. Isn't yes. that exciting? <laughs> you can go purchase the book at Book Baby. It's Book Baby Bookshop is where you can get it. Is that a website? It's a website. Yep. So it's bookbaby.com. Okay. And um, it will be available there. And then after the 12th of February, which is going to be our big launch, like book signing, um, I'll have signed like autographed copies on my website, which is bztbo.com. That's a great yeah. website. Yeah. <laughs> a great yeah. name for a website. Great name. Yes. So, so yeah, that's where the book will be available. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a big signing event and um, just a big celebration of all the work and tears and laughter that have been put into this. And I'm really looking, it's going to be a good time. Shane's sister is going to fly out for that. And so it's just going to be a good time to get everyone together and just. What, what, is there anything, I don't want to make you cry, but I might, is there, if Jane was here today and he could see all this, I, I mean, I'm sure he's with you. We just, you know, that's the hardest part is we know they're with us, but we can't see them. Is there something you would say to him? I would say a lot of things. (laughs) First, I would just tell him how proud of us I am. And he would tell me the same thing. He would be the first person to say, I'm so proud of you. And then he would say, I know that sounds so weird, me being proud of you, but I am, you know, like that. And and I would say the same thing. And I would say, I would tell him how much I love him and how much I miss him. But I also get it too. I understand. And that's the thing. I do. I understand. You know what? He, he's with you and I'm, and I'm sure sometimes I I believe when I am in my car, sometimes I talk to Julie 
and I probably look like a complete lunatic. Like she, I pretend like she's in the passenger seat because for mm-hmm. me, like I, I just, for some reason, find a car, a good place. Cause nobody else can hear us. You yep. know, I'm not in my house talking to myself in my bedroom. Um, and I just like to know, and I do know that cause I have so many signs just like you do. Mm-hmm. that she's with me. So just know that like, he's going to be there on that day. He's with you right now. He heard you say that mm-hmm. he's really proud of you. I know we, you and I just met, but I just know it. I think you're an unbelievable lady. I'm Thank so you. happy. Like I, like I say this all the time, everything happens for a reason. Your, your sister-in-law came into my life, uh, you know, when I really needed like good friends and true people in my life. And mm-hmm. she's such good people and she connected me with you and I just am very lucky to know you now and like have had you on this podcast and what you're doing is exactly what the world needs. So go look at yourself in the mirror and say, Beezy, I'm pretty freaking cool and I'm amazing and I am proud of you. That's what I would do if I were you, but that's just me. (laughs) I will do that. I will do that. And I am really grateful that um, Amy connected us and that we've been able to have this conversation and hopefully we can meet in person, maybe with we Amy. Will. Go we have will coffee. meet in person. Yes. And I can't wait to get your book. And again, yes. everyone, you can get the book. It's going to be out by the time this podcast comes out, um, bookbaby.com. It's called The Elephant on Aaron's Chest. It sounds amazing. I'm going to be getting copy a copy for my little girls um it's exactly what the world needs right now and in closing i like to say this um keep going keep going that's the most important thing that i can tell you especially if you're listening to this episode you need to know that you're worth it the world needs you and you need to keep going and i know this episode could be triggering for someone or somebody might be struggling. So always know if you are struggling, there is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. And talk to someone, talk to someone, keep going. Thank you, BZ. Thank you what you're putting out into the world. Thank you for your story. Thank you for helping other people as a therapist and all that you do. And as I like to close out the show and say, be happy by making other people happy. That's what my daddy taught me. And sorry, I'm crying, but I'm really appreciative of this episode in particular. And thank you for coming on. Thank you. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.